And you can be the richest man in the world, but if you do not have the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you do not have the meat which endureth unto everlasting. Amen. Thank you for that wonderful special music. And I thank the Lord for this uh, great opportunity to share to you the Word of God this evening. And uh, to start with, let's open in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to be here in this evening. And I know that there's a lot of distractions in our life today. And we thank the Lord. Uh, we thank you, dear Lord, that you, um, you have allowed the church folks and us to come back in, th in this uh, wonderful uh, service that we have. And I ask, dear Father, that you would speak into our hearts you would allow the Holy Spirit to grab, grab hold of our hearts and that we may be able to, to uh, draw closer to you in our relationship with you, with grow and grow until we anticipate the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that you, you'll bless the service and even the preaching. And as we dive into your word, I ask that you would, you would, you would uh, be with us and we commit to you all th these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. And we will be reading two verses only. And I know that uh, this is a very big um, discourse, if you will. And we are in, in the subject that we will going to talk about, What Are You Seeking God For? And that's the title of our uh, message this evening. What are you seeking God for? And so I'll be reading verse 26 and 27. So John chapter 6, verses 26 to 27. The word of God says, Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Where in this passage, as uh, what I've said earlier, it is a very lengthy passage, and we are in the discourse of the bread of life, and Jesus Christ is telling to, to the people and the multitudes about uh, who he really uh, is. And that uh, they supposed to, and what are supposed to seek God for in their lives. Now, the Bible, the Bible has a lot to say when it comes to seeking God. So, in first, uh, let me give you, let me give you uh, certain passages here. In First Chronicles chapter twenty-two, verse nineteen, David commanded all the princes of Israel to help Solomon in building the temple and said in verse 19, Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. So here's David as he giving command to the princess to help Solomon build the temple. And the first thing that uh, comes out in his, his mouth is that uh, they would seek uh, the Lord their God with all their heart. And also in Psalm 14, verse 2, David, the psalmist, uh, penned the song and said in verse 2, 
the Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. So we understand here that God is constantly seeking and calling people to seek Him. And that is His will in our lives. Another, another passage in Psalm 105 verse 4, the psalmist is giving thanks to God here in this, in this psalm because of His deeds, because of His deeds among His people. And said in verse 4, Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His face evermore. So that's the verse here. And another one in Isaiah chapter 55 verses 6 to 7. Now in the midst of rebellion and ungodliness of God's people, Isaiah calls his people to faith and said in verses 6 to 7, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous men his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Now the word of God is full of commands that we should seek him. But not just seek him, and we should seek him early. We should seek him earnestly, dil diligently, and with all our hearts. And God promised that when you seek him, you shall find him. And that's very comforting to know because when we call into God, we know that he hears us. We know that he is there for us. But you know, in, in the passage tonight that we, are, we, we read, in the passage that we will be looking into, we find a group of people seeking God, seeking the Lord Jesus Christ, not because they want to spend time with Him, not because they want to know Him, and most importantly, not because of eternal life that Christ can give. They sought the Lord Jesus Christ for a physical reason. And they sought Christ for temporal things. Now I would like to propose to you that we should and we must seek the Lord Jesus Christ for the right reason so that we can know him intimately. And the Apostle Paul echoed this principle actually in Philippians chapter 3 and if you read verses 7 to 11, he said that he counted all his former gains as dung and loss compared to the surpassing value of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is an amazing thing to know. And interestingly, when he wrote this book to the Philippians, he was not a spring chicken, uh, spring chicken Christian, but somewhere around 20 to 25 years of being a Christian, and yet he admits that he had not yet attained what he desired. It's amazing that the great apostle Paul admits that even his entire life, he did not yet attain on this specific, specific goal that he had, but he strived and he pressed toward that goal. And he, and he longed to be in that position wherein 
he would have that relationship with God closely and intimately. And now, it, and now in the passage that we have read here, it is interesting to know that there are groups of people. There are a group of people that they seek the Lord Jesus Christ in wrong way. Now the question is: Is it possible that we can seek and follow the Lord Jesus Christ for wrong reasons? And apparently, yes. In this passage, we would learn. We, in, in this passage in this evening, we can learn that there are two ways to do in, in the subject of seeking God. And I want you to, to take note of this in, in a first point in this evening, that seeking Jesus Christ, and there are people who seek the Lord Jesus Christ for physical and temporal gain. And we can see that in verses 26 to 27, and the Lord Jesus Christ answered them and said, Verily, verily. Pause for a moment. Now, every time I see that verily, verily, um, I'm kind of like reading and uh, getting my pen and then like, okay, what's he's wanting to say here? Because this is very, very important. And it says here, verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because he did, did eat of the loaves and were filled. Now, to understand the words of Christ here, we will move back a little farther so that we can get the context of the passage. In the beginning of John chapter 6, we are told that the people and the disciples of Jesus Christ witnessed an extraordinary miracle of Jesus, of Jesus that Jesus did. And when I say extraordinary, I mean that no other one ever did this kind of miracle, and I think no man were ever will, because from the five barley loaves and two small fishes, Jesus Christ fed the multitudes of 5,000. I mean, that is amazing. And for you and I to witness that kind of miracle, that it would be a jaw drop, and then it's, it's very unique. And, and you can really, you know, see your face or even have that... Um, like in awe, because, because Jesus Christ did an extraordinary miracle. And miracles during that time, now when Jesus Christ fed, and some other Bible scholars would say that it's only the, the author accounted only men. And if you include women and children, it is possible that the number of multitudes here we are talking about can be go up unto 10,000. And that is amazing. And miracles were not, and miracles were not new to the Jews, basically. Because you, there's a lot of miracles also in the Old Testament, and they had witnessed God's miracle way back in the Old Testament. But this miracle was so amazing that I can imagine a multitude uh, during the time dropping their jaws. It's like, what just happened? It's that amazing. You know, I always like kind of put myself in this situation we're in. There's no way. Um, but of course, we should consider that Jesus Christ, the God of gods, the, the creator, and he created everything out of nothing. And this is basically what it is. God created bread and fishes out of nothing. He produced and constantly giving to, to his disciples and the disciples give to the people. 
And because that what they have witnessed, and the people around him witnessed this amazing miracle, they decided to take the Lord Jesus Christ by force, not to be their savior, but to make him a political king. And we understand that because they have been in the tyranny of Rome for so many for so many years, and they're they're in constantly in bondage with with the Roman Empire. But Jesus, knowing their intentions, we know that, that he withdrew himself from the crowd. And on the following day, they saw Jesus in the synagogue of Capernaum. Now, if you know uh, the geographical location of those two locations and the distance between the place where Jesus fed the 5,000 men and the synagogue at Capernaum, there is no way a person can walk that far so quickly. And of course, the Bible tells us, will tell us how Jesus got there. And the multitude did not know about this. And that is why they were so amazed in verse 25 when they got there and saw the Lord Jesus Christ. And after they took a shipping and in verse 25 they found the Lord Jesus Christ in the synagogue at Capernaum and that is why they asked Jesus rabbi when came camest thou hither they basically asked the Lord Jesus Christ when uh, not just only when but how he got there so quickly but Christ did not answer this, uh, their question, obviously. We can see that in the passage. And my guess is that they will never believe Jesus Christ at all if he will tell it to them. You know, can you imagine just Jesus Christ telling to them, well, you know, after I went, I, you know, I, I did the miracle. I withdrew, um, I withdrew myself and went to the mountain. And obviously, he spent time with God there, by the way. And, I, and he said, after I, I prayed, I spent time with God. Well, of course, I went to the lake and uh, walked in the water, okay? And then crossing in the midst of that great, uh, the lake. And then I joined my disciples and, um, on the boat and sailed with them towards Capernaum. And that's what happened. And, and can you imagine, it's like, what, what, just, what just happened? And so, but you know, what is interesting about their question, they called Jesus Christ rabbi and rabbi. So calling a person rabbi, for someone calling a person, that um, very designated uh, word, meaning that he has a personal connection of that person. It is giving us the idea that they're telling to Jesus Christ that he is their master. It's basically calling the Lord Jesus Christ my master and that uh, he was their master and they were his disciples then that is basically what they are telling and so instead of Jesus Christ answering their question Jesus points out the condition and issue of their hearts and expose it because that's basically what is going on here and Jesus answered and said and Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did, ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. You know, today many people are 
only interested in Jesus Christ because of the benefits he can give he can give them for them it's kind of Jesus like Jesus like a genie of the lamb uh, in the lamb that would grant their three wishes if they if they wish to it and if they said so but when they but when people push to the cliff when problems are big when situation seems overwhelming people have that audacity to murmur against God and that is very unfair because God is so good and we know that he is good in the Bible and many people would just try to follow him for personal benefits for temporal benefits and physical benefits only and not because of the eternal life that he can give to them I think of false teachers today as well the prosperity gospel preachers will tell us that he will be that you know we will be healthy wealthy and wise if we seek and follow Jesus Christ and much worse they will equate material gain to faith and faithfulness now if you have if you don't have any material gains whatsoever then your faith and faithfulness to God it's it's there at the bottom well if you have more in your life materially and success probably have your good career and and you find a good job and and lots of money big house something like that that they will equate that to faithfulness and that is hogwash I would encourage you to please not to buy into that kind of teaching and you have if you have a lot of material gain there's a lot of things that we can talk about in this certain in this certain matter and and I just want to point out that and I think that if you have material gains and if you think that they were a blessing from God and your relationship with God is drifting away and there's a problem there and this is possibly that material gains are a curse rather than blessings and so the multitude in the passage we was seeking Christ for wrong reason the miracle should have drawn them to Christ and not to the food one commentator said instead of seeing the bread a sign they have seen in the sign only the bread it's supposed to be when they look into the miracle it is a sign that Jesus Christ is the Messiah that they have long awaited for but instead of looking to that way because of their eyes were blinded they were focused on the material things and worldliness and the things that they can see they just only see the bread and so why we should not seek Jesus Christ for physical and temporal gain well because God Jesus Christ gave a command in verse 25 and he gave us a warning also in verse 25 and they said labor not for the meat which perisheth now I admire the multitudes per persistence in following the Lord Jesus Christ and seeking him wherever he went I mean if you read the Gospels you can see wherever Jesus Christ 
You know, he would go from, from this place to, to another place, and he will, and the people will just spend their time, their effort. You know, they would walk for days as well with Jesus Christ, for them just to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Is it because they want the salvation in Jesus Christ? Is it they want the eternal gains and, and those things that um, perisheth not? Heavenly things? No, because you can see them that they are only seeking God, Jesus Christ, because of temporal gains. Yeah, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, lay, lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves were break through and steal. This, this does not forbid honest labor for food, of course. You know, we labor for food, clothing, shelter, of course. But we must not make the things of this world our chief care and concern. And the Bible is evident that things of this world perish. And even the Lord Jesus Christ said that in the passage. They have no eternal value. A person can own multiple houses, many clothes, and extravagant supply of food. But there is nothing of that. I mean zero, zip, nada, that he can bring to eternity when he dies. However, there's another way to seek Jesus, which is our second point in this evening, seeking Jesus Christ for spiritual and eternal gain. Now, the Bible says in verse 27, we can see there that Jesus Christ said, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. You know, seeking Jesus Christ for spiritual and eternal gain is the right way, and I think the only way for God. Labor not and the things of the world, and the things that perisheth, but labor for the meat which endureth unto everlasting. And that is seeking the Lord Jesus Christ for spiritual and eternal gain. Now first, in seeking the Lord Jesus Christ, it involves, of course, obviously our relationship with Jesus Christ. Now apart from food, clothing, and shelter, there is something far more important than our physical needs. In Mark chapter 8:36, it says, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? My friend, if you're watching this evening, and you can be the richest man in the world, but if you do not have the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you do not have the meat which endureth unto everlasting. Now the question is, if, you, if the pursuit of this world will lead a person into both physical and spiritual bankruptcy, and the soul to perish, how can I have the meat which endureth unto everlasting life? Well, the answer is there. Now, Jesus Christ shall give it to you if you seek Him 
in the right way. Now, if you're confronted with this situation now, if you're listening and if you have not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, please do not delay. Do not delay it. Now is the time of salvation. The Bible says, it's the Bible says, and you must repent of your sins, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and accept Him as your Lord and personal Savior. And you can do it right now through prayer. Not only it involves our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it also involves constantly seeking God and the things of God. Well, of course, I will be going out from this passage. And for us Christians, the pursuit of God and the things of God is way better than the things here in the world. Now, first we can see that seek God first and nothing else matter. And we can see that in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, the, the word of God says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and you see here, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now that cares of this world will never be a burden to us, a problem, when we seek God first. When we seek God first. Many times we are hesitant to seek after God because we are afraid of what we might lose. Yet, whenever or whatever we may lose is no comparison of what we can gain from Him. And that's what we have to remember. The things that we can lose from this world compared to what we can gain because of our relationship with Jesus Christ, it's nothing to be compared of. Now, the second, seeking God, not only first, but seek God regardless of your life situation. And let me give you a, a, a passage here in Second Chronicles chapter 30, verse 18 to 20. Hezekiah prayed to, to God and, and he, he interceded to his people and he prayed to God. And Hezekiah prayed for them saying, The good Lord pardon everyone that prepareth his heart to seek God. The Lord God for his, for his fathers, though he be not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary. And the Lord hearkened to Hezekiah and healed the people. Now some of us wait to seek after God when we think the timing is right. Now the best time to seek God is right now. Because we don't know what the next minute may hold for, to us. There's grace, strength, healing, revival for those who lay aside every excuse and seek after God regardless of their situation. Whether if you are, you know, in trouble, on, in good shape, or in, you know, physical illnesses, whatever situation in your life, we should seek God always in our lives. Not only that, also, and we should see here, we should seek God before he has to get your attention. And this is what, what problem for many Christians. Because now in Psalm 78 verse 34, 
It says there, the psalmist says, when he slew them, and this is Asaph, and we heard, you know, in the passage in revival that the sons of Korah, you know, but uh, Asaph here is reckoning and reminiscing the, what happened in the past. And he said, when God slew, and he's talking about God here, when he slew them, they sought him and they returned and inquired early after God. Many of us know the right thing to do. But we want to do things our own way. And God disciplines whom He loves, right? That's, there's passages that um, will tell us that. So sometimes God allows bad events that happen in our lives to draw our desires back in seeking Him. And let me suggest to you that don't wait for that situation we're in. You just seek God so that, you know, um, you seek God, you you have to seek God before He was to get your attention. Now, you don't want to be on that uh, situation wherein He will get your attention. So seek God before he He has to get your attention. And another one is that seek God because... He rewards you for it. And there's a promise for that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to, to God must believe that, believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And that's amazing promise. Our faith draws, draws us to a lifetime of seeking after God, even, even in old age and following Christ in decades. And you see, well, I'm 20, 30, 40 years being a Christian, but you, you will find out that there is still new, revel- new things that we can learn in the Bible and deep understandings that come when we seek after Him. You can spend your whole life Digging the Word of God, and you can see a lot of things that will come up new every morning. Seek God because He rewards you for it. So you see, there's something that we should, you know, that's really rewarding when we seek God. But not only we seek God, seek God personally, but seek the things of God. And I'll just give you a couple of verses here. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, that the Lord Jesus Christ tells us that we should seek those things which are above, and we should set our affections on the things above. Matthew 6, verse 20, and we are also told here in this verse that lay up yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. And notice, moving back into our passage in verse 27, that the Son of Man shall give it unto you. So if Christ told us in His word to seek Him for spiritual and eternal gain, we can do it. Because first, He said He is the giver of it. And when we seek Him early, diligently, and with all our hearts, 
we will always consume with his presence and we will know what he wants us to do. Your faithful attendance, your giving, your serving are examples of the things that have eternal value. And God, remember all those things. And second, we are told in verse 27 that labor for the meat which endureth everlasting. And I like that. Meaning that seeking God is not just an easy thing to do because we have to labor. It involves labor, toil. You have to commit. You have to spend time. You have to dedicate a time for Him and for the things of God. I give you an example. You know, when you wake up in the morning to spend time with Him, He treasures it. Setting a specific time aside to read and study God's Word, He knows about that. Giving faithfully your tithes and offering and, and missions, He knows that as well. Serving Him faithfully, like soul winning, flyering, singing in choirs, special music, and some of you doing Bibles, Bible study and Bible clubs and all of that. Those things are, are, have an eternal value in the sight of God. Taking courses in Pacific West Baptist College to live, level up your learning of God's Word. Those are things that would matter to God. And there are just a few of the examples that I can give you that required labor. And if you can see there, it, it's, it will require commitment. It would require time. It would require effort. That you would spend time with Him. You see, labor. The things that are spiritual and have eternal gain. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, we are encouraged here in the passage by the Apostle Paul, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now the question is, what are you seeking for Jesus? What are you seeking Jesus for? And you see, our passage, I'm just talking about the first pass uh, the first few verses of the the discourse of the discourse of the bread of life and you see our passage gives us a clear distinction of every single individual who is saying that he or she or she seeks and follows the Lord Jesus Christ and that gives us a dividing factor wherein you would say yes I'm a Christian I follow the Lord I seek God but yes are you seeking Jesus Christ for spiritual and eternal gain? You know, true disciples of Jesus Christ, those who were truly saved by grace through faith in Christ, yes, they may stumble, but they rise again. Yes, they Yes, they may sin, they, but they fight against sin, and when they do sin, they repent. And they always keep short accounts of sin. And when Christian life becomes more and more difficult, they continue to be faithful in Christ. And as they begin to walk 
with the Lord Jesus Christ, they realize more and more in their lives that Jesus is the real treasure in this life and even the life to come. Now, a story I will tell you, Helen Haworth Lemel was born in England in 1863 into the home of the Wesleyan minister who immigrated to America when, when Helen was a child. You know, she loved music so much and her parents provided the best vocal teachers they could find. And eventually, Helen returned to Europe, Europe to study music, uh, vocal music in Germany. In, in time, she married a wealthy European. But you know, he left her when she became blind. And Helen struggled the mul a multiple of heartaches in, in her life during he, in her midlife. And at age of 55, Helen heard a statement that deeply impressed her. And what she heard says like this, So then turn your eyes upon him. Look full into his face, and you will find that the things of earth will acquire a strange new dimness. And she stood still. And later he said, and singing in my soul and spirit was the chorus with not, not one conscious moment putting word to word to make rhymes or note to note to make melody. The verses were written the same week after the usual manner of composition, but nonetheless dictated by the Holy Spirit. And the chorus goes like this, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. What are you seeking God for? Is it for material and, and temporal gain? Or it is for spiritual and eternal gain. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.